Wild Loner, a sentimentally comedic podcast. Hello again, audience. Welcome back to Wild Loner. I'm your host, Jenna McGilvery, and I'm here again accompanied by my friend Josh. Say hello, Josh. Hey, I'm back. (laughs) He's back. I made him come back, so... He's not totally turned off yet, which is something I don't rarely get to say with men in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're you're a wild one. (laughs) Coincidentally, that's a segue into today's podcast, which is going to be a little story that I've probably never told you. And uh, I don't think I have anyway. Um, I usually try not to tell other men stories about other men, even if we're not in a relationship, because I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I don't Um, know either, because I have heard a few, and they've been pretty awesome. (laughs) Okay. Well, maybe it's because this one isn't vulgar. That's why I haven't told it to you. (laughs) Yeah, I I do um, pretty much just like your vulgar stories, and you know that about me, so that's where we stand. I mean, there's probably some vulgarity in this. It's just not going to be like a straight, like vulgar situation it's a story that so when again when i was starting this this podcast i um i sometimes have a memory loss i think and i was asking some of my friends like tell me some of the stories that i've told you over the years because i always remember them in the moment obviously and uh they're really good and like i really get carried away when i tell them because i get all excited and i get all the momentum going and then i kind of forget about all the little details so this particular story Um, I consulted my ex-boyfriend, his name's Brendan. That's a real name, not a pseudonym. And uh, we are still friends and (laughs) he doesn't hate me, it turns out. I didn't didn't tarnish him enough to make him never want to talk to me again, which is oddly and maybe surprisingly something that I do often. Yeah, that does sound kind of rare. Yeah, but it's not. You'd be surprised. I'm friends with a lot of um, people that I've dated. And uh, I would attest that to the fact, I don't know what I would attest it to because I'm not going to speak on their behalf. From my side of things, I really enjoy their company. And, you know, maybe it didn't work out for various reasons that were beyond our control, but I still want them in my life because they're a good person. And you know what? To be honest, even if they're a shitty person, I still want them in my life because there's something wrong with me fundamentally. (laughs) And what that is, is I want to fix everyone. And This particular story about Brendan is a story about a man who didn't need any fixing, which is probably why it didn't last. So uh, I'm going to start this story where Brendan and I met, and that was in Banff, Alberta, the city of Banff. And I feel like a lot of Americans haven't heard of Banff. Have you heard of Banff, Josh, being an American? No, honestly, I haven't. Really? What? (laughs) What the hell? Well, okay, so Banff is a mountain town. It's in the Rockies of Alberta. It's close to the British Columbia border, and it's about <clears throat> about 45 minutes outside of Calgary, Alberta, if you've heard of Calgary, where the stampede is. There's a whole bunch of cowboys. At least that's how they sell it. Um, Sounds like the Texas of Canada. Yeah, it's, it's above Montana if you want to get um, geographical. And uh, I have fond memories of Calgary, and I have 
lovely memories of Banff. And actually, okay, this is like going to be a 10-part story. <laughs> okay, so here's a little something about me. Um, when I was 19 years old, Josh, I think I referenced in the last episode that I worked at a dinner theater. And when I worked there, how I felt like I was uh, my true self. I was with people that loved comedy and we all got along together. We all made jokes together and everyone was just flowing and happy. And it was one of the greatest couple of years of my life when I was there. And I don't know if I'm going to use as, that as an excuse as to what happened as a result of me working at the dinner theater. Um, but I would also probably use as an excuse my wistful young naivety because what transpired was that whilst working at the dinner theater, as mentioned, one night I was at my house and sorry, this story is not about Brendan. This is about Peter, <laughs> but Peter will lead into Brendan as you'll see. Okay. So, um, so I'm working at the dinner theater and I am at my apartment in Calgary and I get a phone call at about 1am saying, ah, oh, John, and it's two drunken voices on the other side of the phone. Jenna, do you want to come to Banff? We're going to go to Banff tonight. And obviously I'm like, yes, I want to go to Banff. So the floor manager of this dinner theater, one of the actors in, in the dinner theater named Peter, and another girl who Peter was dating, and I am going to be terrible because I can't even remember her name. Anyway, the three of them asked me to come to Banff. So they come and they pick me up and we drive to Banff. We stop in Canmore, which is another little mountain town right outside of Banff. And we stay the night in Canmore. And I remember it being like the funnest night ever. We were all drinking. We were like taking shots of Jägermeister, which is this good, good night. We're like, you know, those nights were just like everything is like pure laughter, pure fun, pure kind of innocence and like Nobody was trying to fuck each other. It was yeah. just like a Innocence good old and Jägermeister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very familiar with this story. Yeah, yeah. Well, innocent for me anyway. And the next morning, um, our boss was too drunk to <laughs> too drunk to fuck. He was too drunk <laughs> to move. So he stayed in Canmore and myself, Peter, and the girl who I can't remember her name, decided to um drive to Banff, which was yeah, again, about 40 minutes away. No, I don't know. All these time frames are getting skewed in my mind. Anyway, it was close by. So we drive to Banff, and in Banff, there's these hot springs that's basically like a pool that sits overlooking the mountains. You pay five bucks to get in, you sit in the hot springs, which is a pool overlooking the mountains, as I just mentioned. And so Peter and I went into these hot springs, and the other girl sat there kind of getting irritated with us, like, when are they going to finish? I want to get... <laughs> that sounds it's like something sexual. It wasn't. Well, as you'll soon find out, it was not that innocent because what happened was she ended up leaving us in the hot springs and the two of us said, well, I guess we're going to take the bus home since we have no ride. What should we do for the rest of the day? Um, and we thought maybe we should get a tattoo. Maybe we should go eat some like ice cream with some crazy toppings on it. Or maybe we should get married. <laughs> and guess what option we picked, Josh? God, please tell me it wasn't C. It was the marriage. Ugh. And <laughs> so again, at this point, no, I wasn't 19. I was 21 years old. And we thought 
this is hilarious. Wouldn't it be so funny if we went back to the dinner theater and we got married? All of our friends will think we're so funny. This is going to be the funniest story we've ever told. And then we went and we were just continuing to laugh hysterically through this. Well, we went into a marriage license place and we purchased a marriage license which was I don't know 150 bucks we had to fill it out and we were like laughing like haha what's your spouse's middle name what's your spouse's last name we don't know anything about each other because we're clearly not dating or remotely interested in each other yet we continued to follow through with every step until we got married (laughs) we really did it and um I felt sick. I actually don't remember. I wasn't drunk. I don't remember like any of the part afterwards. What I remember is being at this marriage commissioner's house. Oh, sorry. That was my speaker just turning off. I was at a mar- the marriage commissioner's house with Peter, my uh, future husband. husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember going, she, the, I was like, the marriage commissioner said, so can you just tell me your story? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. We were like in these hot springs and we just thought it would be, ha, oh my God, it would be so funny if we got married. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and kind of like half crying. And he was like, I think you guys should take maybe a couple minutes to talk this over and see if this is something that you really want to do. And we talked it over and it was like, honestly, in my mind, I was like, fuck, I've taken this one too far. This is too far. I don't have a way out now. I'm fucked. And of course I did have a way out, but I felt like it was like one of these dares and I just didn't want to back down from the dare. And we went back to the house and we had two people that were there to um, get married for real. And uh, they were going to be our witnesses because you have to have two witnesses. And I was like, excuse me, I'm just going to go to the bathroom for a minute. And I went to the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, what is wrong with you? you? You've really, you've really done it this time, Jenna. You have really done it. And I just took a hard swallow and went back into the room and uh, fucking got married. And then I called my mom and I get, this is the part where I blacked out on. I called my mom and I was sobbing And she was like, what has happened? What's going on, Jenna? And I said, I made a terrible mistake. And she was like, what? What's happened? And that's her voice when she's actually like quite caring. She wasn't mad at me. She was just like legitimately concerned. But like, what, what, you know, tell me what happened. And I said I had gotten married and she wanted to know who the hell it was to, if it was somebody that needed their green card or something. (laughs) And uh, I was like, no, it's just a regular person. There's literally no reason for it. (laughs) And uh, you know what? My my parents are super supportive. And at the time, in all honesty, I mean, there's, there's a lot more details that I'm kind of leaving out. But at the end of the day, in my mind at that time, some people react that it was very stupid of me to do that. But again, I don't think it was stupid because I really and truly believed in love and fate and destiny. And I felt like we were in this circumstance for a reason. And the reason was (laughs) to get married, (laughs) obviously. But um, we did it. And we actually stayed together for a year. And I have to say, many people responded that we were idiots. And But what I have to say about that experience was, it was actually one of the most healthy and loving relationships with a male partner I've had in my life. 
And when it ended, it ended very amicably. It was very respectful. There was never any, you know, um, like bad moments that I can think of that he he was a bad person or I was a bad person. It was just uh, obviously I was like, you know, still playing with Barbie. Yeah, so I wasn't really in a position deported. to get married. No, he didn't. Um, he was Canadian. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was one of these situations that happened and, and it was kind of a, you know, I'd say it was a milestone in my life. <laughs> it meant something for the for the year that it existed. And, you know, him and I, I wouldn't say are like close friends, but of course we're still on amicable terms. Sometimes he says hello and vice versa. Um, I don't see him at all because he lives in another province. But anyway. Does, does he pay so, alimony or anything? No, there was nothing like that. We just, we split everything because, uh, you know, it was basically like, well, I own um, one deck of cards. And he was like, well, I own two. And I was like, you know what? You were in that two deck of cards. You keep that. I'll keep my one. We're good. And then that was the end of it. So yeah, there was never the any conflict. Yeah, yeah. I took his joker. So, so have fun with that, uh-huh. Peter. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> For years since he's been like, Damn it, all those jokers every time he tries to play a game. So anyway, um, the reason I'm telling that story is because this story leads back to Banff. Because after we got married, I moved away from Alberta, the province of Alberta, and I eventually returned. And when I returned, my idea in my head was, oh, my God, I want to return to Alberta. And what I want to do is um, do a little, like, documentary on dating nowadays after getting married and just like where my life has gone and all this kind of stuff and that never happened because I'm lazy (laughs) (laughs) but what did happen is I met this person Brendan who the story is about so it was March 17th which as many of you know is St. Patrick's Day And I was in Banff with my sister, whose birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. And the two of us went out to a bar, and we were drinking. And uh, I, she was actually talking to some guy, and I went up to the bar, and Brendan told me the story later, that I went up to, he, he was standing on the side, and he saw me go up to the bar and say, I'll get two shots of Burt Reynolds, please. And the bartender was like, two. And I was like, yep, one for me and the other one for me. (laughs) And then the bartender made them for me. And I went, and I chugged both of the drinks back. And Brendan watched me from the sidelines and thought, now that's a woman I'd like to get behind. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Literally and figuratively. And so he and I actually started talking. And he was like pretty meek mannered, definitely in comparison to me. And he, he was with a friend that was very outgoing and Brendan was just like, Hey, how's it going? And kind of like this, this kind of shy guy, but like super polite. And, um, I'm going to really spoil it for all my ex-boyfriends that I told I never just go home with random people by saying I went home with Brendan and we had sex and in the morning, Uh, He was supposed to go snowboarding, and so was my sister and I, and uh, I was too hungover to do that, and, you know, I was, we were very pleasant in the morning, we were laughing, we were joking, and I kind of thought that that was going to be the end of it, 
And then I offered to drive them to the ski hill because we were all going together. So we drove and I was like, you know what? I'm actually not going to go on the hill today. I'm going to take a breather and go to Lake Louise, which is this beautiful lake. It's usually emerald green in the in the summer, but in the winter, it's frozen over and there's like these little ice castles and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to go there. And Brandon was like, you know what? I'm not going to go snowboarding either. I'm going to come hang out with you. And in my mind, I was like, fuck, like, why does he want to hang out with me? Like, we <laughs> we had sex last night. Wasn't that enough? What is, what's he aiming at? And um, it turned out, I, it was a very unfamiliar feeling for me. He liked me. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And uh, so the two of us went to Lake Louise and we spent the day together. And, I, and I've got to say that anyone who knows me knows that um, I'm very attracted to emotionally unavailable assholes. And when somebody is emotionally available and nice, I tend to turn on them and uh, it does not go well. I didn't turn on Brendan, but I think that oh, was it sounds like you I- did. <laughs> no, I did not. I was very pleasant, but I think that I um, decided to uh get, like hang out with him for that day because I knew he was leaving so there was a cutoff date so I was like I'm safe don't worry Jenna your emotions aren't going to uh get taken away from you everything's going to be fine you can still maintain your isolated cold-hearted bitch of a self and never love anyone because he's going to be returning to Australia sorry <coughs> I forgot that part Brendan's Australian so he's from Australia so he and I spent time together. So Brendan was from Australia. And uh, so we spent a couple of days together. And then I returned to Calgary and he eventually returned to Australia. Oh, and when I was back in Calgary, he in fact reached out to me and said, would you be interested in me canceling my flight to Australia and staying in Calgary for an extra week because I really have feelings for you and I want to hang out? And as soon as he said that, I threw up immediately, obviously. Of course. And said, fuck no, I'm not interested in hanging out longer. One night and a couple days was enough. I don't even know what you're trying to get at, but you go back to Australia. I stay here and that will be the end of it. And I didn't really say that. I just said, I don't right. know. I know. That's that was too in much. your head. Yeah. <laughs> I know your inner monologue. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I said no. Uh, you know, and I, and I was going through some things at the time I had just moved to Calgary. So I was like transitioning and getting used to things. So he ended up going back to Australia and he was a persistent little bugger and we kept in touch and we chatted fairly often for over two years. And then I was working on a boat in Florida and (laughs) I don't know what came over me, but I was like, you know what? This fucking guy has been in my life for two years. He is so kind and so loving. He's always supportive of me. Uh, And I, in turn, was supportive of him, I think. I mean, I think it was a mutually beneficial relationship for both of us. Or he was just hanging out for two years hoping to get laid again. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm that good, but I don't know. Um, So... 
eventually he, Brendan was in a situation where he had, I'll tell this story another day because it's really Brendan's story to tell. <laughs> oh, but boy. he, no, he was in a situation where he was, uh, he had um, retired from his job and he was of a normal age. <laughs> he was, he had a settlement from work and he um, had, he is a super like free spirited guy, super awesome dude, always been a traveler and sold his stuff off and bought a catamaran. And he was in Indonesia with this catamaran and he said, why don't you come to Indonesia for a month, try it out. And if you like it, then let's just sail around the world together. And uh, I thought this was a great idea. I was super stoked to go to Indonesia. I was super excited to see him. He had been my friend for years, and uh, I really trusted him. I really enjoyed his company, so everything was great. So, can I ask you a Indonesia. quick question? Yeah. Yeah. Did you just dip out on that job in Florida, or, or what happened? No, 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 no. So I, I was able to take a month off. So with yacht jobs, okay. often you can take like a full month. And uh, at the time, my the owners that I worked for and my captain were nice enough to let me take a month altogether because sometimes it's hard to take together, but they were super uh, accommodating. And so I took a month to per- go there. Perfect. Which perfect. Was awesome. Yeah. Cause I thought might, that might be like a, a part of the no, story where you're like, no. yeah, then I told those motherfuckers just no, no, stuff no, it. no, 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 I really Brandon. liked working for them. So, okay. and it's not Brandon. I said, Brandon, I said, Brandon, Brandon, <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about my former boyfriend that way. Okay. Okay. So then, so I fly to Indonesia and it's like this whole whirlwind and it's like just an awesome time. Like Brendan is the ultimate gentleman. It was just like a lovely experience. And so we spent a bit of time um, in uh, Uluwatu and then we go to Changu and we just have a great time. And then we take like, uh, we had to take like a ferry and then like another little boat from like a local to get to where his catamaran was anchored. So we do all that. And we're sitting on, we're then, we're on his boat. We are on his boat. We're on it together. Nice. And it was like this beautiful kind of feeling because it's like, um, it was, it was in this spot where they're like, it's very um, not populated and uh, you could take, you would take the little dinghy over to this little island and uh, you'd have to walk through all these little streets. And it was like, you'd walk through people's like little yards and stuff and everyone was outside chit-chatting and they were like, who are these fucking people? Like it's people that like don't really see tourists ever right like this is not a touristy location and the first night we like walked to this little restaurant and it was like this frenchman who had met this indonesian woman and they opened up this restaurant that was just like in the forest and it was like some of the most amazing food you've ever had in your life and we just drank wine and it was like the floors were all like sand and I don't know. It was just like beautiful. And then I remember that night we went back to the catamaran and we went skinny dipping and uh, there were phosphorescents in the water. Do you know, have you ever seen that? Oh, uh, no, you know, only on uh, Life Aquatic with Steve. Zissi. Yeah. Well, so like the phosphorescence and, and, and if anyone who knows me knows, like if I get wine drunk, I get like this, like, oh my God, the water's glowing. Everything in the world is so beautiful and so perfect. And so I'm like in this in this mode where everything is like so perfect. I'm like, fuck, my life is good. Like, this is so amazing. And then, yeah, so phosphorescence are these little like, they, like they look like little glow balls and they're all over the water and they're just like sparkling everywhere in the water and the moon was out and it was like fucking beautiful temperature. Like you were never cold. And then you're with this guy who's like, so nice and so loving and so caring and what does jenna do get married a she second time fucks 
it up. <laughs> no. Marriage would be one way of fucking it up, but I did not choose that route. I chose the route of get irritated by everything you could possibly get irritated about and tell him how irritated you are until he hates you. So it's kind of what I did. I basically sabotaged it for my fear of intimacy and and actually having real feelings for somebody. And in a later episode, I'll tell you why I might be that way. Um, But poor Brendan is this lovely, lovely person. And I can't. So the point of the story was, too, is that when I contacted him and I said, what are some stories that I, I should tell? And he said, tell them about the time that you broke my oatmeal bowl. And Brendan is like one of the funniest people I know. And he's very subtly funny. He doesn't mean to be funny, but he's like. He's super funny. And he was saying it in that way as if it actually did matter to him, but it did not. But it was in the moment, it kind of mattered. So we got into this argument and I can't even remember why, but it was probably me creating some argument about something stupid because I was sabotaging something that was good for me because that's what I do. And uh, so we were yelling at each other kind of, and he was like, well, I don't know, Jenna, fuck. And like to make Brendan yell is like a feat in itself. If you knew this guy, like he doesn't yell. He's like super, super chill out. So calm. And I made this guy yell and I was eating a bowl of oatmeal. And as I was yelling back at him, I went, well, fuck this. And I placed the oatmeal bowl down on the table. I thought I placed it down, but I actually smashed it because I placed it so hard and it smattered into like a thousand pieces. And he was like, and I was, and I still kept going. I was like, well, and then this, and then this. And then he was like, well, what are you going to do about my oatmeal bowl? And I was like, are you seriously going to fucking focus on the oatmeal bowl? Here, I'll fucking throw you $2 and then we can move forward. It's a fucking bowl. (laughs) And (laughs) like, Um, And then, like, the argument ended, obviously, because he's lovely, and I'm not really, like, a huge argue, like, I I don't like conflict at all, and uh, and then we, like, laughed about it and said, ha-ha, that was so funny, remember when, you know, you you got mad about the oatmeal bowl, and that was, like, the only thing that you could get mad about, and, like, that I actually smashed an oatmeal bowl, and I'm sorry, and, you know, and, like, we, we obviously made up, and we just, like, laughed about it for quite a time, because it was just so stupid, Um, but... The other thing I wanted to point out about this is that what I regret about that situation in a way is, and I want to relate it to this subtle thing that happened on Below Deck, and I'm not always going to go there, but it's just that I think a lot of people will resonate with what they saw on TV. And there was a moment when Georgia and I had realized that we had slept with the same person. (laughs) And then there was a moment when- Hey, that was the same oatmeal bowl. Yeah. George and I had the same oatmeal. And then there was a moment when Adam realized Adam was the guy I was dating when he realized that uh, George and I had slept with the same person. And he had a very, um, I would say, drastic uh, response to that, in my opinion, but not unfamiliar to me. And my immediate response, which actually kind of makes me feel sick about to this day, is that I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't want this kind of conflict. I don't want him to know anything about it because it's going to lead to conflict. He's going to get angry. Um, What do I do to fix this? And my immediate response was to tell Georgia that it was a lie and that we lie to him. And I continued to lie to Adam 
the whole time we were together. And so I'm coming clear about this now. And Adam, if you're listening, sorry, but not sorry, because I lied because I was actually afraid of having to deal with the wrath of something I did in my past. And I'm almost like getting teary eyed, Josh, talking about this right now, because there's certain guys like uh, Brendan who come along very rarely in your life who he would never make me feel bad about, or he never did during the time that I knew him, make me feel bad or guilty or afraid of being who I am as a person and sharing something about my past. And I hope to never be in that experience again. And I want to apologize that that was the impression I may have given off that that would be acceptable behavior or that I did that because I'm weak. I am not a weak person. I don't like conflict and I grew up in an environment where I felt like I was responsible at times for dispelling conflict and by whatever means necessary, whether that be lying, whether it be distraction methods or whatever. And I don't know if that's because I'm a female or it's just the person I am, but um, yeah, I just, I think about Brandon and like, I think I think the whole point of what I'm trying to say is, is that I am seeking a relationship where there's balance and where I don't feel afraid and I never want to make my partner feel afraid. I never want to make them feel less than and I never want them to make me feel less than. I want to be heard. I want to be seen and I want them to be heard and I want them to be seen. And I hope to always get that in the future. And I hope to not smash a fucking oatmeal bowl in effort to get away from something that actually was healthy because the norm to me is lying to somebody and pretending that I'm somebody I'm not for fear of rejection or lashing out. So I know that took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah, it did, but uh, you know, you got to be honest with your partner. You got to, you got to have somebody that you can, you know, tell the truth. And no matter how brutally honest you have to be, and how much it might, like, kind of gash at that person at the at the moment, they have to be able to understand that anything really that happened before, you know, before y'all are together, uh, you know, that's just kind of that's you. That's what you've been doing. You know, it's yeah. life. People live and people do shit. You know. Yeah, and I would think that, like, you know, we as humans, we always we're on a quest for being around people who actually accept us for who we are. And we want to be around people who laugh at our jokes and who commend us for our successes in life instead of, you know, pulling us down in those moments. And, you know, I've definitely had partners who have pulled me down and I've pulled people down as well. And I, and I don't ever want to be in that situation again. So, um, you know, sometimes people are like, why are you single? And it's, it's cause it's actually really hard to find that balance. And I, that's what I'm ultimately seeking is that balance of, you know, that power in a sense. And it's always that push pull. And I, and I, and I don't want to be more powerful and I don't want to be less powerful. I want to have that equilibrium or at least like the general respect for each other that always exists and that we coexist together in that land of respect for each other and hearing one another out and, you know, just valuing each other and what we have. 
as a team. So the story about Brendan is it wasn't just the oatmeal bowl that set him over the edge. It was me. And I, um, I did probably ruin that. Um, we are still friends. He, I did actually talk to him today and I said, the next podcast is going to be about you. And he said, Oh geez. And he said, what about specifically? And I said, the oatmeal and your dick. (laughs) (laughs) I just like to point out that Brendan has a very good penis. Um, that's good. (laughs) Because I was, I've always got to take it one level further. I know, you know, right? I'm sitting over here so curious about it, and um, I know, I know, you were wondering, right. so I just have to say, was, Josh, I know it's been on your mind. Mm-hmm. Brennan has a huge cock. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. So not only was he nice, <laughs> yeah, fuck Adam, but not only was Brendan nice, but he had a big old ham jam, and he knew how to use it. Well, and another funny story is, so after that whole oatmeal bowl incident and all that, um. I actually left Indonesia, obviously, because we had, you know, we're like, maybe it's not going to work. Jenna has too many emotional issues. <laughs> Look at her. She threw an oatmeal bowl willy nilly. And uh, well, I have three left. Uh, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I look at the oatmeal bowl stack, there's three instead of four. Um, so, so actually a year later, I flew to Australia and I went on a little Australian tour with myself and I ended up meeting up with Brendan again and I was on his catamaran again and we were hanging out as great friends and, um, that was a great old time. And he, he was married before and he, one day we stopped by his ex-wife's house and she is very lovely and I met her and she was like, Oh, Jenna, hmm, I'm trying to think of who you are. Oh, right. You're the one who he said was kind of a bitch in Australia and <laughs> Indonesia. And I was like, huh, did he now? Interesting. Well, did he tell you that um, he was like super nice and I had to throw an oatmeal bowl because of it? <laughs> no, and then after I was like, did you tell her that I was a bitch? And he's like, oh, I might have said something of the sort. And I'm like, well, fuck you, Brendan. <laughs> but um, all in good fun, you know. It's fair. You can call me a bitch because. Well, especially if it's still fresh, you know, those wounds are fresh. So. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't think, blame him. Yeah, right. It's fair. He had, he, he was well within his rights to call me a bitch and he can call me a bitch anytime, specifically when we're having sex and he's talking to <laughs> Guys, <laughs> take <kidding>. note. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna likes it rough. <laughs> I just screamed that and my dog barked in the corner. Oh. No. <laughs> anyway, um, so I don't know how to conclude this episode. Um, big old dicks, smashed oatmeal <laughs> bowls, jealousy, he- healthy relationships. <laughs> <laughs>